Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Perhaps the most important part of any movie is the ending. After all, last impressions count for a lot, and an ending that doesn't stick the landing can risk leaving audiences with a sour taste in their mouths. Great endings can be many things. Shocking, hilarious, upsetting, uplifting, or just downright weird. And the latter is certainly true of these movies, which included some truly peculiar references hidden in plain sight. So let's take a look at them. As I'm Jules, this is WhatCulture.com, and these are nine movie endings that oddly reference other things. Things. Number 9. Lorenzo's Oil Paul Now, the villain of cult fave sci-fi comedy Paul appears to be Secret Service agent Zoyle, who's played by Jason Bateman, and at the end of the movie reveals that he's actually been working with the titular alien all along. Better still, he tells Graham and Clive to call him by his first name, which is Lorenzo, and after a beat, the pair realise that his name is Lorenzo Zoyle, a punny nod to the Oscar-nominated 1992 drama Lorenzo's Oil, starring Nick Nolte and Susan Sarandon. Now, considering the absurdly limited overlap between those inclined to watch Paul and those that are even aware of Lorenzo's oil, it's an incredibly off-key reference doubtless lost on a solid 90% of people watching this. Given that there's no clear link between the two movies either, it seems all the more bafflingly random that it was Nick Frost's idea, naming the character Zoil throughout the film for the sake of a head-scratching 10-second payoff at the end. Number 8. Scooby-Doo, Wayne's World Though both Wayne's World movies freely break the fourth wall as the duo speak directly to the audience, the film's first ending took this to hilariously daft extremes by having Wayne and Garth literally redo the ending twice. Unsatisfied with the original ending where Wayne's girlfriend Cassandra leaves him for slick TV producer Benjamin and Garth dies in a fire, they opt for a Scooby-Doo ending instead. In this ending, it's revealed that Benjamin was actually Old Man Withers, the elderly owner of the haunted amusement park introduced at the start of the film. We're never told what crime that he's actually guilty of, but he's held in police custody as he quips in customary Scooby-Doo fashion, and I would have gotten away with it too if it hadn't been for you snooping kids. Even for the film's meta-happy style, it comes completely out of left field. And Wayne and Garth aren't content to stop there though, as they then get the follow-up canon mega-happy ending where Cassandra gets her record deal and stays with Wayne, and Benjamin learns to be a better person. Number 7. Natural Born Killers Kill Bill Volume 2 The lengthy final confrontation between the bride, aka Beatrix Kiddo, and Bill in Kill Bill Volume 2 sees Bill go off on a lengthy monologue about superheroes, noting that the bride's special set of skills ultimately makes her unable to blend into society as a normal person. And when she asks, are you calling me a superhero? He replies, I'm calling you a killer. A natural born killer. Now this is clearly a nod to Oliver Stone's cult classic thriller Natural Born Killers, which Tarantino wrote the screenplay for. And while it's hardly out of character, 
for Tarantino to include a reference to one of his prior works in a new movie, it is strange in the case of Natural Born Killers given that he famously loathed how unfaithful Stone's end product was to his original screenplay. Tarantino has even flat out said that he hated the movie and hasn't ever seen it all the way through. So why he'd want to reference a bad filmmaking experience is anyone's guess. A glutton for punishment, maybe? Number 6. Game of Thrones in Hobbs and Shaw Given that blockbuster movies can spend upwards of a year in post-production completing visual effects, sound mixing and so on, it's extremely uncommon for them to make incredibly current, of-the-moment pop culture references. But Hobbs and Shaw decided to go that extra mile in order to give fans a shockingly up-to-date final gag. In the film's mid-credits scene, Hobbs receives a phone call from CIA agent Victor Locke, where Locke starts to waffle to Hobbs about Game of Thrones' series finale. He says, My problem is that Jon Snow had sex with his aunt and then killed and nobody wants to talk about it. That's what my problem is. Given that Game of Thrones aired its final episode just two and a half months before Hobbs and Shaw's release, this was most likely filmed shortly after the finale aired and quickly stuffed into the credits during the latter stages of post-production. Beyond the fact that spoiling such a recent episode of a major TV show rubbed some viewers the wrong way, it's incredibly unexpected to see such a major pop culture event referenced like this in a $200 million movie that completed principal photography the year prior. Mad, right? Number 5. Dead Poets Society Hook So Steven Spielberg's Hook ends with Peter Banning, aka Peter Pan, being reunited with his family and deciding to spend more time with them. At this moment, aged lost boy Tootle sprinkles himself with pixie dust and then flies away while shouting, Seize the day! as Peter and his family look on ecstatically. Now Tootle's quip might seem pretty innocuous at first until you remember that the smash hit drama Dead Poets Society was released just two years prior, where Robin Williams' unorthodox English teacher John Keating famously quipped this very same phrase. While ultimately Ultimately a cute nod to Williams's prior role, it's still a bizarre reference to make it into a Disney movie obviously aimed at children, the overwhelming majority of whom will have never even heard of Dead Poets Society, a drama about poetry, education, and suicide. Number 4. Pulp Fiction in Captain America The Winter Soldier The Marvel Cinematic Universe sure loves its easter eggs and references, though generally these nods relate to either the existing continuity or more niche aspects of comic book lore. While Captain America The Winter Soldier went in a slightly different direction with a reference that shows up fleetingly in the final minutes of the movie. Nick Fury meets Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson at his fake grave, where an epitaph can be briefly spotted which reads, The Path of the Righteous Man, Ezekiel 25, 17. Now you don't even need to have seen Pulp Fiction to know the scene from the movie that this is referring to, so ingrained it is in our general cultural consciousness. And while the epitaph is of course related to Jackson's role as Jules Winfield, in Tarantino's masterful crime film where he spoke the very same fictional biblical passage aloud, it's still jarring to see such an unapologetically adult movie referenced in an MCU film of all things. Unsurprisingly, it didn't take long for the convoluted fan theories about Fury and Winfield being the same person to start doing the rounds online. Number 3. Star Wars in Transformers Revenge of the Fallen Now, Michael Bay's second Transformers film, Revenge of the Fallen, concludes with a dead Optimus Prime being brought back to life with some help from Jetfire, who allows his parts to be grafted onto Optimus. But if you look closely as Jolt and Ratchet fuse Jetfire's remains to Optimus, you might notice a familiar figure amid the metal debris. Flying across the screen is none other than Star Wars's beloved droid R2-D2. The airborne robot was confirmed to be R2 by the film's 
Transformers visual effects supervisor Scott Farrar. But beyond the fact that Transformers sequels VFX was handled by George Lucas's own outfit Industrial Light and Magic, it does feel like a pretty random tip of the hat. I mean, sure, they're both sci-fi franchises, but neither the tone nor the aesthetic of Transformers lines up with Star Wars, like, at all. It may just be a fun little Easter egg at the end of the day, but its placement still feels pretty damn strange within Bay's blockbuster, made primarily for teenage boys, who in 2009 probably thought that Star Wars was a bit lame anyway. Number 2. Lost – The Wedding Ringer 2015 buddy rom-com The Wedding Ringer came and went without much of a peep, centered around a friendless groom who hires a wedding ringer to acquire him a best man and groomsman for the occasion. And Lost star Jorge Garcia makes a supporting appearance in the movie as Lurch, one of the groomsmen, and at the very end of the film is on board a flight to Tahiti with the rest of the wedding party. Hilariously and totally out of nowhere, Lurch pipes up and says, I've got a bad feeling about this flight, before we abruptly cut to the credits. Now clearly this is supposed to be a nod to Garcia's role on Lost, a show focused around a plane crash, but if you've never seen Lost, it would seem totally and utterly nonsensical, seeming to imply that something genuinely might be wrong with the plane. Considering that the rest of the movie doesn't feature any apparent Lost gags, nor is the subject matter adjacent to Lost in any way, it comes wildly out of left field. But it also might be the funniest joke in the entire movie for those in the know. And number one, Superman Returns in Fred Claus. The villain in 2007's Christmas comedy Fred Claus is Clyde Archibald Northcutt, played by Kevin Spacey, an efficiency expert sent to the North Pole to streamline Santa's operations there. At the end of the movie, Clyde is confronted by Santa, who deduces that Clyde is a bad person because he never got the Christmas present that he always wanted as a child, a Superman cape. In his youth, Clyde was bullied for wearing glasses and hoped that the Superman cape would empower him, at which point Santa gives the present-day Clyde a Christmas gift. And you guessed it, it's the Superman cape, which with some encouragement Clyde wears, even removing his glasses to complete the Superman look. And given that Fred Claus was released the year after Superman Returns, where Spacey played the supervillain Lex Luthor, the scene was clearly a play on that. Except it's a bit strange for two reasons. Firstly, Spacey didn't play Superman, so is the gag basically implying deep down that Lex Luthor, the man who stabbed Superman almost to death in the movie, wishes that he was the Man of Steel? And secondly, the Venn diagram overlap of people watching Fred Claus who would even get the joke, let alone have actually seen Superman Returns is going to be pretty damn small. But still, it's there in the film. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.